0: what's up everybody my name is brandon mccallum also known as BMX, c and this is nice minds i'm with a very 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 special guest like i say every time but he's been on now three times the oh, third wow. time the, the, that's the most out of anybody bro so welcome kev Lowe, everybody hey how we doing man what's good. good my dude good to see you bro good to see I you i love the energy that was new energy that Dude different I, well my roommate's like bro you need like whole new energy, man. You're just like way too laid back. And I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, you're right. I got to step it up. I got to step it up. I got to, I got to get my, uh, my introverted self a little bit more, just like, amped yeah. up a little bit. Just oh, get the yeah. energy going. So I, that's I what like I'm trying it, bro. to do. Yeah. Well,
1: good to see you. No, you're, you're catching me at a time, man, where, uh, I, I was just telling you, like, I'm the lowest energy I've ever been. So Damn. I apologize. <laughs> and I apologize to all of you. Cause if y'all look at the last few episodes we did, like I was definitely like in it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, Oh yeah. Like this is what I'm doing and right. this is how I want to do it.
0: Now I'm like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel that dude. I feel that. I mean, so why, why is that, man? I mean, let let's, let's, yeah. let's catch up. So last time I, I talked to you I mean was probably it was probably a year ago now I think cuz I think it was like really? Octoberish yeah wow dude. probably I mean because oh. I remember cuz I mean for anybody that follows this probably knows I, I I lived with my parents for a time and my mom yep. passed and then I lived with my dad and then my dad moved back to Cali and whatever but yep. uh, that was I remember it was like fall then it was like Yep just around this time yeah and i think
1: oh i'm trying to remember if we did the last podcast when i was in kentucky last year or was that right before i left because only asked because like so much has happened in between it was right before you were like
0: literally gonna leave
1: for like in like a week or two okay so then yeah like yeah, dude, that was right before I moved. I was still in Minnesota, I'm pretty sure then. So was
0: that Octoberish
1: then? Yeah, it was like September, October, because we yep. moved in We moved in October 22nd of that last place or something like okay. that. It was something like that, or September 22nd. But it was that year, bro, it, it's just been, like I was telling you, wild. What's been going on, to be honest, since the last time I talked to you, was that when I talked to you, bro, I was just kind of like hinting at the idea of tour management, right? Um, I was hinting at it. I was like, I don't know if I'm getting it, because that was around the time where I just worked with Dizzy at the Chris Webby show, um, when we were like in Iowa. Right. And I met dizzy and that's when like things were unsure. I was still working with riff and like, I was still doing like inventory for him. And then since then we don't work with riff anymore. Um, we picked up dizzy as a client, I picked up three different businesses that I'm now involved in heavily and I travel more than I ever have. I think the amount of shows on an average year in my first two years of CLM was about 50, right? 50 a year. I now did 150 this year so far. Damn. So because I involved tours. So I tripled my workload and then added more companies and then all this other stuff, right? And people can like amount that to like, oh, you're being, you're successful, right? No, dude, like that's not what it is. I'm just... Jumping into yeah. a ton of shit, so therefore I'm more valuable, and so since then my energy has shifted heavily <laughs> just with myself um, trying to learn who I am again. To be real with you, this last yeah. year completely. At the end of the year,
0: oh, I hear the I hear the door. <laughs> yeah, I heard that Gage. Creak. You hear? I think I'm gonna use that for a sound effect. sure,
1: <laughs> Gage? <laughs> Get
0: your ass in here.
1: One second. This is my roommate, Gage, just coming home. Gage. Man, he's taking forever to open that door, bro. I, <laughs> struggling. I think he's trying to be quiet. Bro. Nah, he can try, but it's not going to work. What up, bro? What
0: the <laughs> fuck? I can hear all of this, bro. <laughs> are, you
1: gonna, where are, you, are you going upstairs or coming over here? I'm going upstairs. Okay, all right word um anyway where was i bro
0: so yeah i mean we were just talking about all the craziness of the last year with uh oh yeah that's right di- i mean with with riffraff and yeah. dizzy and you know clm and you're wearing like a million hats now and
1: yeah that that's that's what happened sorry
0: so like that, that's the last time i talked to you last time i talked to you i was very sure of what
1: i was doing with clm and i was hinting at yeah tour management. i mean you
0: were very clear you were like yeah. i'm moving to kentucky and i'm gonna be doing this and this is gonna be my life yeah and yeah. then
1: and yeah and then since then basically like very quickly like i said i picked up all those jobs and then on the first tour that i went on which was in i believe march we left for we had um 42 shows in 50 days or something like that. So we only had eight days off out of 50 days. So almost for two months, we're touring, uh, constantly doing shows. And we have only one week in between to like do laundry in like almost two months, right? Yeah. And like to catch up on yourself and take some R&R. And we're, you're living on a tour bus. And I had to run nine guys on a bus. So imagine this, like your first tour, you move to a new state, you hop on the bus, and then you're looking at Dizzy Wright, DJ Hoppa, Demrick. uh, And then we had their, like, then we had Peanut, our videographer. We had our video guy, our, sorry, not video guy. We had our um, front of house tech and lighting tech with us. And then we had all the gear and a trailer and a driver, right? So all of that I have to manage. That was my first two months into tour management. And I'm not touring with non-veterans. Dizzy mm-hmm. Wright, DJ Hoppa, Demrick. Yep. Like, dude, they've been on the road. Demrick is has been uh, Exhibit's Hype Man in the beginning of his career, right? Yeah,
0: that's why I know that name. Okay. Yeah, and so Demrick yep. was
1: Exhibit's Hype Man. So he's been yep. touring with Exhibit. And then you got fucking Dizzy Wright, who's been touring with Funk Volume and his own shit. And then you got DJ Hoppa touring with a shit ton of artists. So, like, that was the amount of pressure. And I think that's where it started, where my whole anxiety went up and attitude changed because that job was – is is not was, is extremely difficult. Yeah. So, and it's on the mental too, because if anything goes wrong, it's on you. Right. So like that was my first two months into touring. And during that tour, halfway through it, the girl I moved to Kentucky with, we broke up. And that was the girl that was on my podcast for years, yep. and that was my COVID relationship, like my longest and most serious relationship. Yeah,
0: because you started that like in COVID, right? Yeah, like I right started at the beginning. In right? COVID. Yeah, we yeah. we like
1: met in COVID, went on a walk around a park, and like fell in love, and then started dating, and then we moved in a month later. Like that's how serious that got. Right, Damn. like a month into dating, that's we quick, moved yeah. in, and like we lived a happy life for I want to say a year and a half up until we got to Kentucky. Up Damn. until we got to Kentucky, it was. Once Kentucky hit, it took a toll on me, it took a toll on her, just the shift of everything in the environment, and then not knowing anybody, so all you got is each other, and then on top of that, I go on tour. Right, and you're just gone. And she's supporting me going on tour, but then halfway through tour, we were like, yeah, I don't know if I can do this, and it was a me thing. It wasn't even her, dude. Like, me... Personally, I could not do it because I was like, dude, I was snapping on her. I'd be up until, you have to remember, I worked 20-hour days on tour. So I'd be up for 20 hours and then I my four hours of sleep, she would call me during that and want to talk to me for two hours. So then I'd be asleep for an hour, hour and a half. And then they would wake me up and then the driver would say, what time are we leaving? Wake everybody up. Make sure Dizzy's on the bus. You know, like, dude, it's like, it was a rinse and repeat cycle for 50 days. And then I had one month off in June when I came home. So I came back to Kentucky alone. I had a new roommate by the time I got home when I left a girlfriend there. Imagine that. Like, you leave your girl, you come home, and I have a whole new roommate because we broke up during COVID. So how did that work? You, you like, moved somebody in? (laughs) Yeah, I moved somebody in while I was on tour. So on top of being on tour and being a tour manager for Dizzy, I had to go figure out with my landlord, and I figure out with this other person that I know that she was a mutual friend of uh, my ex. And then when she moved in, I came home to do a brand new Mm -hmm. everything. Like I, it was, everything's gone. Like the, the dog was gone. Like my girlfriend was gone at the time and now I have her new roommate. So that was a mental toll. Yeah. And then during that month of June, I ran NLE Choppa and I helped run No Cap here in Minneapolis. So two big shows. So I flew in on top of being on tour and then I had a week and a half to two weeks off. And then guess what? Back on tour. So then I was back on tour for, I think this last one was like 32 shows in 40 days or something like that. So like almost a hundred days on the road this year, um, just for tour for Dizzy. And then we went and did the small run, like I was just telling you recently in Cali. So we went back on a little mini run and went to Cali for like two weeks ago and did like four days there. And that experience fucked me up a little bit. Just uh, it's just you know what I mean, like
0: yeah, it's just a grind, man.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I went on a rant for your listeners. It's like a lot because people don't realize like when you want to be a big player in the industry and your mentors are big, right? Like I have some very very knowledgeable, credible mentors for sure. Um, and they're the ones who are kind of like, yo, you're going to go through this shit in the music industry. Like the industry will break you and your relationships. It will break you. And that's one thing I tell everybody that you really need to understand when you do some shit on a high level. I know we talked to a lot of artists that have been local for a long time and like, you know what I mean? Like maybe have never experienced some of this high level stuff. And if you get there, when you get there, be ready for your mental toll to fucking shift. Yep. You have to be a shark. You have to not give a shit about your personal life at all. I've completely disassociated from who I was for a while, bro disassociated completely like in this these past couple months i don't know who kevin is anymore yeah i I literally sat in my room one day and i was like who's kevin lesh who's that guy who's the guy who fell in love with this shit who's the guy who i was sitting on this balcony right here bro Mm -hmm. when i was 16 years old 17 i had friends that lived here and i literally was sitting on this fucking balcony and i was like dude i want to be a part of this shit i want to be in it no matter what that's when i knew i was switching away from music and want to do the business yep now that i'm in this shit i moved back here because i needed to be
0: humbled yeah because i mean you started as a rapper bro i mean in this house in this house 10 years ago so so i mean for for those that don't know like you've seen miles on my podcast he now lives in miles old spot Mm -hmm. um and i recorded an album downstairs literally three months ago when when miles i finished up an album that we which is now my room worked on from february to july my yep. buddy uh fat c so we all literally like just was here finishing up an album and now you live here which Ooh. is which is nuts so so miles has lived here for like 10 years no so um miles wasn't even
1: the first one to move in so like a long time ago gage lived here originally who, who now lives with me he oh, lived okay. here with his roommate um his roommate's name was caleb And they moved in, and they lived here for a long time. They lived here for like four years, and then Gage moved out. And then it wasn't even Miles right away. Then we had our other friends move in, and we had Scott and Miles live here together. And then we had, um, we've also had like, what is it? Who else? All Gage's sisters lived here. Like, and then damn, I didn't know
0: the history of that. This we've kept this place
1: in the family just because of like the location, and also because of the memories that have been here. Like, I used to come here every weekend when I was in college and like sleep here. Like I would go every weekend from college. That that was a part of my music grind was that on the weekends, I told myself if I got my shit done, I would go downtown Minneapolis. I would find a show. I would go to a show. I would learn who's a part of the show. I would learn the artists. I was trying to get in the mix. I was trying to get in the mix of the local scene. So I went every weekend while in college for four years and I would sleep in this house on a couch right over here just to be fucking in this shit. So that's what I'm telling you. Like, I moved back here recently because it's the fur- furthest I've ever gotten in the industry. I'm in it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, this is it. Literally, But, yeah. like, now that I'm in it and I've been in it full-time for a year and in it, in it for three years, like, I need humbling, bro. You can tell by my breathing patterns, I'm anxious all the time because like I just needed to be humbled. I needed to come back to somewhere where I was like, this is where this shit started. This is where your dream started. This is where me and Gage have had conversations for years, being like our dreams and our hopes and aspirations. So like, the long story short of that was just I needed to be humbled and come back home to Minnesota. And a lot of bad shit happened in Kentucky. A lot of depression occurred. So I was like, you know what? Let's go back somewhere where you can thrive in this environment. You know what I mean? Yeah, So 100%. that's That's kind of where I'm at. And that way I can be near my family if I need them, which is rare. I don't ask for help, but like, if I need to be buying my will and then, you know, figure out my shit from there. So a lot of stuff has happened since I last talked to you and it's only been a year. It feels like I've
0: lived five years. Yeah. I'm not shitting you. I mean, kind of same. I mean, I've been, I'm in a completely different spot. I mean, starting a new job. I mean, I've been like, I've been literally like driving for Uber Eats. I'm trying to like get in a better financial place and pay off a bunch of debts and just do a lot of different stuff. Cause I think for a long time, I mean, I, 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 Understood the work that it would take to achieve my dreams, but yep. I was, I was naive. I was hella naive. I mean, I was like, <laughs> yep. I was like, you know, as long as I just, you know, stay consistent and put in the work and put my head down and this and that. And like, yep. I failed to like, kind of look outside half the time and like, yeah. like you just see what was really going on. And like, I was so in my head and so just like this, that like, I was like spending money left and right. I was like doing this yep. and that. And like, yep. you know, going to IPR and just kind of like, just head down, just like make it beats. And, and like all of a sudden I'm just like, I'm in a completely different space and I'm like, Oh shit. Like I really got to like yep. revamp my whole thing. And I got to like, you know, completely change my mind state and like change my relationship with money and all this stuff. Dude. So. And that, that's like a
1: part of like growing up in general, you know what I mean? But yeah. that in general right there is what I honestly have been dealing with as well. Like on the personal life side of shit, minus who Kevlo is like, I personally, no one's taught me this shit, bro. Like I grew up in, in a weird way and no one really talks about this shit. And like, you're probably the first time I'm telling you about like the reason why I am who I am type shit. Like I literally grew up rough. I grew up in like boxes yeah. and like, Poor, homeless section eight with my mom so when I moved in with my aunt and uncle they honestly took me in and they took me in as their own but one thing they didn't do is along the way he was growing a business himself and so I didn't have like someone teaching me a bunch of shit I didn't have anyone teaching me about money I had no one teaching me about how to shave you know what I mean like I'm not even kidding like I had to learn how to shave on my own like and that was like what is it high school like type shit like all the things that like people usually get guided through sometimes and like just being a child being young Never did I once. YouTube was my fucking dad for yeah. years. I'm not even shitting you. Grew up in that era where like I could learn everything I know off YouTube. You know what I mean? Same thing with this shit. I learned it off YouTube. So it's like that That type of mentality is what I carry with me. And that's what I've been dealing with as well. Trust me. You're not alone on that, bro. Right? And that's. Just, you know, that's a good mentality to have, though, if, like, you're working in the music industry, as you know. Like, even just learning everything on your own and, like, if something happens, being able to adapt. Like, that's all I've realized this this business is. Yep. It's adaptability and being a chameleon in these environments, bro. Like, not being fake. Not being, like, I'm just going to adapt because this person wants me to adapt, right? I'm doing it because I need to learn here. Like, being a student and being a leader in in the music industry is, like, the biggest thing. Whether you're an artist, whether
0: whatever position you play, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So anyway that's my two cents on that word so yeah I mean so you said that uh like this whole thing has just been really like taking a toll I mean so oh yeah sitting 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 here in this house again are, are you do you think you're starting to get back to your why do you think you're starting to like see things yeah. a little differently yeah I move quick man so like it's only been a month since I've moved
1: in it's been like a little over a month right a month and a week um and regardless of how rough I look I know I'm doing great. Um, And and I just say that because I woke up and fucking, I was late today. Um, But no, yeah, definitely, dude. Definitely. And the reason why I say that is because now that I'm single, like since, I haven't even, I didn't even finish up that last year because after I broke up with that girl or whatever, like when we came home and I went back on tour, when I went back on tour, I had another girlfriend.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah. wasn't going to ask about that because I don't like to meddle in people's personal spaces, but I, I a saw you with a, whole, podcast. with a whole different chick, and I'm like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, you're not with, and I, like, saw uh, that, like the, you talking about, like, like on, because you'll post stories and stuff, you're talking yeah. about, like, Tinder and shit, and I'm just like, yeah. wasn't he just with another chick Damn, that, like, I'm he was posting up. about for, like, nah. a week or two, and I was... I was like, "Damn. Well, what's up with really Kev? Like, calling what, me out. What's going on? What's going uh, on with Kev, bro?"
1: I'll tell you right now, fam. It, I it, I I I don't like being alone, fam. No, I I, feel I that. don't. I'm forcing myself to right now, but like like I was telling you, it relates back to my childhood and abandonment issues, bro. Like I Feel that. Like it's so crazy cuz dudes don't talk about their actual trauma. Yeah, they just don't. And I'm don't. telling you right now, like trauma is there it's real i, I just don't no. talk about it and i never have been able to and i've never had the outlet you know what i'm saying so like right. i know how to mask it but i don't like being alone so when i when i came home immediately i was like fuck dude I'm, i don't like this and like i took like a i took i'll be honest i took like two months to myself three months to myself or something like that and that at, the, at that period of time which i'm actually coming up on right now i'm at like a month and a half of being single i realized by myself that around three months of being single i start looking like subconsciously it's not that i'm like oh i need to get my dick wet it's nothing to do with that it literally is just like damn i need someone i need someone next to me to talk to i need you know what i'm saying like i have so much running through my brain at all times my brain's so overactive bro that like i need to talk to somebody i need to get my thoughts out and when i do i thrive i'm not shitting you in a relationship i thrive in my career and everything because i have a perfect balance like i'm finally in balance and in tune with myself but One thing that being alone does for you is during those hard times of, like, I'm codependent, right? Like, during those codependency times of wanting, like, to, like, just not feel abandoned, you literally, bro, learn the most about your mind and what, like, you're able to, like, accomplish and go through it's really hard to explain but like you just realize a different part of yourself that you can channel into positive ways and that's one thing i'm trying to do i'm trying to channel that energy now instead of just being like succumb to it i'm gonna like i'm going to work out i need to get this out of me or like yeah i'll flirt with somebody that i know and then like you know i feel good about it and we'll move forward but um yeah dude with me and me in relationships it's tough so anyway that being that girl we got together and I wasn't expecting it. I really wasn't. She was the one asking for the relationship. And then I was like in about it. I wasn't like not in. I was like, yeah, I'm totally down. And then um went on tour and again, we broke up. Yeah. <laughs> like Chicks can't <laughs> handle the tour life, bro. You no, know, and they say that like, it's not their fault. Like they no, say that they can totally. like, they say they can support you. Yeah. No one knows what they're in for on tour. Yeah. So like I literally woke up one morning and, um, And I think Dizzy was at his hotel room just sleeping like he does every, like, after the show, we'll get him a room sometimes, and he'll just go pass out. You know what I mean? Like, he just needs to do his own thing after a performance. And so when Dizzy was at the hotel room, I know that I woke up on the bus, and there were, like, three women on the bus from, like, me and, like, someone else. Like we just had these girls party, but we didn't realize they were still there. So, like, we woke up and like from a party. And again, I don't party like that. So like partying for me as in I'm sitting on the couch monitoring the situation, kind of entertaining it. Cause I'm the boss. I'm the boss on the bus. Right. Other than dizzy. So it's like, I have to monitor that situation so we had that on the bus and then all of a sudden like they i had to shoot them off and i was telling my girlfriend who called me hey sorry i had to get it like someone off the bus and they're like who would be on the bus and then all of a sudden immediate insecurity i don't know what's mm. going on and like people don't realize like as a tour manager bro like we don't fuck around like most tour managers yeah. don't aren't like yeah i can party and like no nah, right. dude you're, you're there to monitor job. yeah until five in the morning sometimes yeah. you're there to monitor the situation and then yep. you make sure everyone gets off safely like you don't want anything to go wrong on anyone's account Same yep. Thing with like even my driver, bro. While I'm sleeping and our driver's driving the bus, I still need to wake up every 20 minutes because he'll be like, "Hey, um, we're gonna stop at this gas station. We need to, we need to um, empty out the black water. We need to fill up the shower water." Like, dude, this is something I'm constantly doing. Like, I literally have no time to myself. You're in charge of the whole fucking tour, and I did that for a hundred days. Yeah. So that fucking changed me mentally because you for sleeping, like I said, four hours a night or less. And you're working for 20-hour days, and you're running a show every day, and you're responsible for everybody on the bus Yeah, in two different environments. The first tour, we had the OG fucking still moving, like – you know a foundation of dizzy Wright crowd and then the team changed and then now it became a whole new team a whole new environment a whole new learning experience but i'm still with dizzy and we have to make sure we work together to like iron it out and do things the way he wants to do it so and it's a lot of collaboration with dizzy that's a whole nother thing too is while i'm on the road while i'm trying to manage my relationships i'm also trying to build a relationship with an artist who's been touring for 10 years and i'm on his 10th year anniversary tour and i'm the first time doing this shit yep Like the amount of pressure, people don't realize that that fucked me up, bro. Hundred percent, fucked me up, and it's like it turned out to be an amazing experience. Yeah, it turned out to be very positive. Dizzy and I are like, I would would consider us close, man. Like we've talked about life, we talked about our families, we've talked. I've I've met his dog. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, bro. At this point, this experience has brought us closer. So now we have a good tour manager artist relationship. Me and Dizzy have gotten in fights, bro. Like me and Dizzy have like hugged it out. Like we are at that point. You know what I'm saying? So now we can work more efficiently in the future. Yeah. And as far as I know, he literally has told me like, you're the guy. You're my tour manager. Like Fuck this is yeah. what I want. So after two tours and him saying that's official, that is what all of that sacrifice was for. Yep. All that sacrifice of losing two relationships, losing some of the most memorable moments in my life. In that I experienced throughout COVID that kept me who I am today, who started this
0: shit. Like that's what makes it worth it. You know what I mean, Uh, dude. I mean, and you're one dude. I mean, like I've known you for what, like three years now, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, you you've constantly just like kept elevating, and thank you, bro. Like I know, I know that this shit is rough, but like, and you, you know. There are periods where you have to reassess i'm in that yeah. uh, one of those periods too i think a lot of people are you know especially like after covid and all that shit that we went through with that you know it's just yeah. like we have to reassess um yeah. often and um but i mean you're, you're one of those dudes that like like i just admire you bro and i always Thank have you, because because like you're never in the same in the same place like yeah. never like like anytime i talk to you it's a completely different thing and that's a good thing man i mean it, especially like at the young age that you're at, you know, you're what? I just 20, turned 26. 26. Yeah. You're 26. You're still hella young. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, at least you're not like 37 and in a, in a weird spot like me, you know, like that's not so even bad though. Like I'm being real, man. Like I'm not even, I'm not even tripping. Like
1: if I was in your position at 37 or if I was like in the same spot at 37, bro, I would still be proud of myself because like yeah. at the I end of the day, there's no, this life shit's difficult. Yeah. Fuck, fuck everything that we're talking about. Fuck the music industry for a second. This life shit difficult. Like on the mental, it's hard to keep your fucking mental sane. And I know you've talked a lot about that. You're very much about mental awareness. That's what Max Minds is about, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I didn't know shit about it up until the last two or three years. Yep. I really didn't know because I was in check. I had an easy life. Before the music industry... I was on a path. I literally put myself on a sales marketing path. Super easy once you get on that path, bro. Once you realize that this is your skill set, and all you gotta do is follow a formula. Any job you go to is a formula, bro. You follow a formula, you get the raises, you you get the quotas, you hit the KPIs, you get the bonuses, you get the stock. It's super fucking easy, and you get the benefits. Think about that for a second, bro. Yeah. Like, if for me, like I I I thought that corporate shit was fucking cake. I thought that that it's just it was a path, bro. And my whole family's done it their whole lives. So I had a I have a question, Uncle Mike, who was a fucking millionaire who did this shit by himself. Yeah, yeah. And he's in the same exact realm, sales and marketing, because we both happen to naturally have a niche for it. So it's like I always had someone to answer anything I ever had. Now I got no answers, Sway. Yeah. <laughs> I got no, no, no answers. <laughs> I got no security blanket. I got no benefits. I got nothing. And yeah. I have I'm that's why I'm telling myself to wrap it all in. I have no position to be in a relationship right now, fam. I realize this. I'm undateable right now. It's I'm undateable. If I meet a girl, she's going to have to be down with me having no benefits, having a job where I generate all my money, where I'm the entrepreneur, right? If something goes wrong, people yell at me and nobody else, and it's only my fault. Yeah. Like when I don't, my clients go, I don't have, I have money in my pocket right now. That's what you're supposed to be generating for me. Like, you know what I mean? I'm in an industry where it's cutthroat as fuck and no one cares about you. Right. (laughs) So I'm trying to find people around me that give a fuck right now. Yeah. I'm trying to keep people around me in all senses of the word. That's why my circle is this fucking big. Like my people, my people are this fucking big. Yep. But my people don't always have the answers for me. Right. And my people are busy. Yeah. Like, Gage upstairs is a fucking entrepreneur, bro. Like, he has his own shit going on. He just got done shooting for DJ Ski. Like, we. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, he just shot. That's huge. So, that game that uh, Ski and T Grizzly were just at this last weekend, Gage shot for Ski. Sick. He connected with Ski and was like, hey, so, like, The credibility of even working with Dizzy as well has helped us in those ways. Yeah. Like in and that's what Dizzy understands. And he literally told us like leverage it. Leverage it, bro. He was like, use it in a positive way. But Mm. I'm not tripping like I'm with Dizzy till I die, bro. I have still moving tatted on my arm. Like that's 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 my dedication. But this whole life shit's difficult when it comes to the balance of both. It's hard for me even to stay on track of a topic, bro. Like people realize that if you look at the last two episodes, seriously, go back, look at our last two episodes, go from first, second, third, like
0: life's totally different. My mindset's different. different. We're talking different. So anyway, this is a very real episode. No, I I appreciate that because, and that's another reason. I mean, I like, not only have I just been going through life shit and like, I I didn't get this podcast back up and running, but I'm like, if I'm going to do this podcast, I want to do it in a real way like yeah. i feel like you know yeah we, we've talked about mental health stuff we've talked about struggles we've you know i i mentioned you know I get really real, but like yeah. I feel like it doesn't always get there. And I want this podcast to always get there. Yeah. I always want to, you know, to be talking with creatives and, you know, people in the industry and different things like that. But I always want it to get to a real place. Yeah. And that's why I really appreciate you sharing this and being absolutely, vulnerable, bro. man, because that's that's what I want this to be about. And yeah, absolutely. That's man. the only way I want to continue doing this, you know.
1: I, that's that that's real as fuck because I think that's the goal of a lot of podcasts, bro. Like the ones that I listen to either are really real conversations or there is like a comedy aspect to it or there's a lesson to be learned it's those three things like and i'll stay i'll stay tuned in and entertained and i feel like we're in a business bro where it's so entertaining like we're the wild wild west of any industry the music industry has barely any rules it has so much gray area in everything that you do most of it is ran by entrepreneurs Like, that's one thing that people don't realize. The music business isn't run by labels. It isn't run by Live Nation. Those are just the biggest aspects of it, right? There's also a part of this industry that's run by complete entrepreneurs. It's called the independent game. Yep. People don't realize that. And that's where everyone fucking starts that needs more light that everybody in the last five years have realized. But it took someone like Russ, it took someone recently to like show that side of the game. Like I've realized just being in this for three years, bro, that's what the industry's been our whole lives from when it started. It didn't start with Live Nation, it didn't start with these major companies, it didn't start with arena shows like Ed Sheeran, it didn't start with residencies in Vegas. It started with independent fucking artists doing small shows like we're
0: doing and i consider 4 to 500 people small shows now because well, it is but yeah but it's 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 not i mean it's not small in the sense where like you'll go to like fucking um you know one of these venues around here and see like 15 people but it's yeah. small in in you know jay-z shows you know and like well, right. shit like that you And then know? we've like, also like yeah
1: and then big traveling you see the other side of it like we i've been a part of arena shows now yep. i've been a part of that with dizzy like we walked in and i walked past my dressing room with dizzy and it was tory lanes lil yachty that's like insane. and i was walking I, I was walking i was like yo where the fuck are we man man because i didn't as a tour manager you don't know what you're walking into and right. i didn't realize it was like a fucking huge like arena on a college campus yep and it, Dizzy was one of the headliners and i was like holy <laughs> you know what i mean like yadi went before us and then dizzy and because he, yeah, he was in vegas that's so it's crazy again, Dizzy's like
0: a, oh yeah because vegas. vegas is his stomping yeah, that's ground his yeah shit. so
1: like when people book him in vegas they know to book him near if not the fucking headliner near the headliner so then after us was tory lane's so like again this industry that was on the first tour like the first tour bro like i learned a lot more on the second half of it i felt like it was the same thing with a different crew and our shows weren't as like that like they weren't some are going to be five thousand people and then some are going to be 300 people it was like no it was consistent like 100 or like 50 we had 50 you have some bad days right but it's like 50 to 100 on a bad day or like crazy would be like three to four i mean in portland he did like six you know what i mean 600 people so it's like you see the whole different aspects of it but all I had to say by that was like anyone who's wondering like hey what level of the industry like do I work on because people get confused now at what I do because I do so much different shit I work on the industry that's like the in between of like on the rise and on the fall I like to say that I like to people who are like Right in between. Yep. I, I mean, I worked with the baby right before he popped NLE Choppa because he's not as big as he was. And then now he's trying to resurface. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be real. It's it's in between. But we do do actually, like, bigger shit, too. Like, the stuff people see at, like, First Ave or, like, Skyway Theater. Like, I was just telling you, NLE Choppa and No Cap. Like, we had that size. You know what I mean? 1,500 to 2,000 people. And I've ran those shows by myself. You know what I mean? No Cap, I didn't. I was fucking on tour. But Choppa, running that with Touch Entertainment... Was also a different thing too. People don't realize like there's so many companies here, bro. There's so many big companies in Minneapolis yeah. that people haven't worked with. Yeah. And that's one thing, like, I'm gonna go on Water Wave tomorrow. And that's one thing that I was gonna shine a light on there. I was taking this for more of a personal and I'm gonna go on there tomorrow and be like, yo, like there's a lot of shit happening here that no one talks about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of shit. Like, even I was telling Gage this when we like when we came up, because you came up before way before I did. Yeah. And like while I was in high school, you were in this grind, right? For people don't sure. know that game. People don't know what venues were around. People don't know who the point of contact was like, and all of that matters because now that is what shaped it into what it is today. Hundred percent. So you need to know that local stuff. You need to know who was a part of those, that, that game because even those people who've experienced it 10 years more than you, well guess what? They've had 10 years more of crazy ass experiences and networking connections that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. like your network's still extensive as fuck. You've told me before; it's fucking
0: ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, bro. but I think my problem has always been my mind, and I, I've never said this on on the podcast. And it's something I really, really like. I mean, it's I, I've always known it, but like it really hit me lately is confidence. Yeah, like my my thing is like I've never been confident and i'm mm. at a point right now where i'm like fuck it like like i have done this for so long yep. my beats are fucking insane yeah it's just the people haven't heard it yet yeah you know i just haven't gotten out there because of my confidence level because of yep. me being an introvert be you know just making excuses really i yep. mean but like i used my anxiety and my fear and my confidence to to just kind of stay at this level yeah you know and i don't want to fucking do that anymore yeah like i i refuse to fucking do that so whether it be like working you know a regular ass job but like grinding you know for the next you know six hours that i'm up or whatever i'm willing to do that for the next three years until i'm 40 you know like um just just because like i know that i got this like i I know i know i'm talented i put in the work i put in the time now it's just time to fucking like like show people and to like not be this timid fucking dude anymore like not can't be no you know, I,
1: fucking can't be when man. that's why i got lucky when i came in kato when he would caught me in those moments of i was like i don't know if i can do this bro he would be like he literally would be like yo you need to stop bitching and you need to fucking do it Yep. like when he was telling me my first shows being around on my second day like he was like you know you need to do it like we have no one else to do it Like, that's what I'm saying. That's really what the industry is at all times. Yeah. Like, if you don't like the feeling of like, oh shit, like this kind of feeling where like something happens, you're like, right. shake it off. Like, if you can't do this shit, that's why people say this shit ain't for the weak. But that also changes people into bad people. That also changes people into bad mentals. And that's what causes them to do shitty things and start doing shittier, you know, habits or whatever. That honestly... I see the path. You see it all the time. You literally see artists around you that are like bigger or smaller, but still you see them having fucked up issues. And you can right. tell by the way they fucking talk to you. Yep. You can tell by the artist people. Like people don't realize, like some of these celebrities, you meet them and you're like, holy fuck, dude, this shit has changed you. They're putting on an act for you. You know what I mean? It may be a part of them, but they're putting on an act for you. I'll be real. When I'm on tour, I put on an act. Like, you gotta. Like when I'm like yeah. with Dizzy, I can't show him this. Right. I can't show him that like I got real fucking problems. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's not the concern. The concern is to kill it. The concern is to make sure that the patrons have a great experience, to make sure that Dizzy has gotten paid from the promoters. Like yep. you work with different people every fucking night. Think about like again, like 50, 50 days, 42 shows, the second tour, fucking 40 days but 32 shows, like two different parts of the country. Like, I don't know what to tell people, man. Yeah. Like, this shit changes you for the negative sometimes, well, yeah. too. And that's what I'm trying to avoid. I feel it. I feel it coming. Like, I, I honestly feel the wave of negativity in the dark cloud that's about to hover over me to be like, you got a choice to make, fam. You either yeah. humble your, yourself, like, remember what you wanted from this, and remember where you started, and double up and grind even harder, or you fucking suffer, man. Yeah. Like, that's I mean, what this industry yeah. does to you. You got to
0: remember your why, but you also got to remember, too, that... You know, and this is something I've had to like take into consideration: is like, what value are you offering? And you're offering huge value, yep. Like with with all you do, I mean, like you're you're so valuable as a tour manager, as just I mean, every part of the industry that you're touching Thank right you, now, bro. like you're you're adding value to these people's careers, and mm-hmm. that that's that's something that like I really, and that's why I wanted to change the direction of this podcast, or like bring it back to what it originally was supposed yeah. to be adding value. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's what it is at the end of the day. And that's what a lot of people in this industry and artists that are trying to come up, they don't, they don't understand. Yeah. It's like what, you know, like that's why people stay struggling because they don't get that you have to add, add some sort of value, whether it be like entertaining, whether it be motivational, yeah. whether it be, you know, what, what are you offering? Like, what yeah. are, what, what are you bringing to the table? Like that's different, you know, like,
1: yeah, know, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean that, and, That last part, like you just said, what are you bringing that is different? What are you bringing that's different? Yep. Anything you walk into in this shit. It's not like, and people can say you can apply that to anything. No, you can't. I worked for a software company. When you walk in, it's not what you can do differently. It's how can you adopt what we do? right that's how everything works in corporate on the right. high level like you go to somewhere you adopt what they do man you adopt yep. their mission and that's statement. the adding value yeah their to core them, values yeah. to your value is you're able to do a specific job and exceed yep. the expectation of what is f- an analytically there music industry is no fuck your experience fuck everything that's taken you here someone will look at you and be like why should i pick you yep what's your added what's your value? value yep and and that's that If you don't have it, if you can't say it, if you can't identify it, okay, there's 50,000 people in line yep. waiting for you. Be- and, 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 again, even getting there, getting to that point of, like, being in the conversation for anything is is chance. Like, people ask me, like, how did you get into this with Dizzy? That's the main question I get from fans of his. Dude, luck. <laughs> like I said, yeah. I worked with Webby, saw Dizzy. I'm a big fan of Dizzy, still am. I went up to Diz. I said, hi. He saw me. He told me he saw me run a whole show. That's all. He just watched me run Webby shows. He watched me run three or four because I had three or four in a row. And on the last day of the Webby run, he was like, okay. He literally told He said in his head, he's like, I want that guy on my team. And at the time, at the time, Dizy needed someone on his team. So think about it. Not only did a random, an artist for 10 years who's had a team for all 10 years need a new member on his team. He happened to see me because I happened to work with Webby because I happened to work with Kato. And they happen to all know me from the years I've been working with them. He sees me execute. I happen to do a good job, which shows can go poorly, but nothing really went poorly those nights. Then he hired me. It took a perfect fucking mix for me to get here. So when when I tell people the short answer, I'm like, I got lucky. (laughs) Like, yes, I did work hard for it. Yes, my hard work did bring me here. But like, I got lucky, bro. And that elevation to working with Diz has showed me the real industry. When I worked with Riff, I saw parts. I saw parts of it. Like we flew to New York and met his manager and his manager showed us around. Like you saw parts, you know what I mean? But it wasn't like the real shit. It wasn't the real independent grind because Riff just had a machine behind him. Right. It's different when you're a part of machine because you don't see it. They close it off. They they don't need the help. So they're like, ah, we're not going to show people what's going on behind these doors. With Dizzy, you see it. When he walks into a room with this crew at a show, that's who's working with him. Yep. Majority of the time. You know what I mean? That's his people. So... You know, it, yeah, you don't see that around mm-hmm. Riff at all. No, you don't. And it's not, always just him, and that's why yeah. I, like the people that I knew with Riff. Now we all don't work with Riff anymore. But at the time, like yeah, you don't see who's behind the scenes, and that's one thing that you don't see behind most artists. But the artists that do show that, like even Russ, right. Who shoots for us? These fucking videos are crazy. Well, he tags his videographer, Edgar. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you know who Edgar Stevens is now. Right. Now he has a name. Now you can go work with him yourself. That's dope. Think about that. Yeah, I like, love that. So when there's transparency there in the independent grind, you can see it. And that actually helps artists. That's why I don't understand when people are like, artists always talk to me and they're like, I don't know what to do. How do you get to the actual industry? How do you break through, right? Like not make it, but how do you break through to the real industry, from local to music industry? And I just tell people, bro, identify who the people and the players are, and then take your shot and add value to them, yep. like you just said, add 100%. value to their life. And if you can't add value, then don't try. Yeah. If you're just gonna, re- if you're asking for a handout, no one in this industry will give you a handout, yep. and they'll remember. The industry is small; they'll remember you, like they'll remember exactly who you are. Like the industry is so small, bro. Like Dizzy was telling me how him and Russ know each other. And from years ago, before Russ blew up, you know what I'm saying? Like, and they've like he he knew of Russ and he knew of him. Like, and at the time, he was like Russ's was hated back then, and that's obvious. Like he's talked about it, so it's like that's how small the industry is, bro.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, not to go off on a tangent, but I was uh, you got anything about Russ? Um, it's crazy. Like, like I remember like two or three years ago, people fucking hated Russ. Hated him. All I hear now is is respect for him. You know why? He just flipped it. Like that's how it goes. That
1: he just showed you how it goes. Like. Regardless of who you are, people hate me now. Yeah, I broke into the industry. When you break in, people will fucking despise you where they want to kill you. I have people that want to kill me, legitimately, That's up. not fucking with you. I have met people that want to fucking kill me. But like, here's the th- here's the thing, bro, about that. And everyone has those like people in the industry that I know. are Like, oh yeah, I got those people. Like they're probably chuckling some dead ass. I know everyone that I know who's worked with in the industry long enough or even short enough to have people that want to like do that, despise them, and that matters. You know what I mean? But like, you have to flip it. Like all you do to flip it is to work fucking hard, be transparent, be genuine, show people what you know. Yeah. And when you add that value that automatically adds value to their lives, like if they do relate to you, then that's where the hate turns into respect. Mm-hmm. And I've had that done. This, I'm seeing it happen before my eyes. And like people ask, how do you do that? It's just micro tactics to get yeah. to an overall strategy. Like you have to ask yourself anything in this industry. What's my strategy and what's my goal? If you don't have a definite goal, well, what's been working? What's the strategy that helps you grow. Cool. Have small tactics in place that are goals that you accomplish in order to get there. And that's how my mind's always worked. And therefore, when I work in those small steps, it's gotten me to a bigger place. But you know, being an ANR for, for a distribution company and learning that game, that's a whole different side of it. Like now I've, I'm involved in touring. Now I'm involved in live shows, which is not just touring. Like touring is way more than just a live show. That's like the last thing you think about. So touring, live shows, distribution company, then I tried to bring my personal life into it. I've tried to start a photography company. I've tried to start a podcast as everyone knows, like you get, you got to try multiple ways to get through this shit, bro.
0: Yep, everyone um, in
1: the industry has multiple hustles.
0: I didn't even know that that CLM did the distribution shit. I mean that like I learned like yep. that. I mean, I, I always knew. I mean, I've seen you know Cato fucking grind for years, and we've talked about Cato on this on this pod before, and how yep. I've just known who he was for you know over a decade now. Yep. Uh, but I mean, I, I didn't know all the the inner workings of like all that that dude does. It's just yep.
1: insane. And well, that's that when I joined CLM three years ago. um, And that's why I'm saying people in Minnesota don't fucking realize what's been around them. CLM helped break a whole, like, part of the industry for local artists. Like... Kato literally was the reason why I was able to have shows when I was coming up. And I've said that multiple times. So, like, I don't want to hear, like, in Minnesota, people ain't doing shit for the culture. Like, he, the the culture, he brought the music business into the culture, opened up a gateway, and said, here's how the business works. If you want to work with us, this is how this shit's going to go. Kato
0: was always putting on for people. Oh, yeah. Even though, like,
1: he can come off the way he comes off sometimes, like, bro, he has brought an opportunity. So, when I worked with Kato in the beginning, a lot of reshaping needed to happen. When I walked in, I was like, "Operations need to change a little bit. Processes need to be improved." And once I gained his trust, he was able to tell me, "Okay, I trust you. You're one of the best guys I brought on. What should I do?" And imagine this—you've been running your company for six, seven years, like right by yourself, and you've had interns, but no one to actually say, "Hey, what should I do better?" And that's then when he opened those floodgates to me because that's what I'm good at. We've improved the process. and then since then, when I do tour management, guess what? Service CLM now adds to the roster. Tour management because I'm the only one on the roster. It's me, Gage, and my and Cato, right? So now he added videography on the roster for services since CLM joined. So I didn't we know you were the in, only three. Yeah, that's it. So wow, it's, it okay. literally is just Gage is our director of media. I'm director of operations, and if you ever do the service through CLM Presents, tour management, distribution, live shows, anything of that nature, I am involved. The only thing I'm not involved in when it comes to CLM is the back end marketing and ads, and that's Cato. That's what he's good at. So he does the marketing and ads, and then I do all the upfront, like, in-your-face services. So anything that's CLM, I will be there, regardless. Damn. If I'm not there, it's a special exception. And Caleb Kato will be there. And if Kato's not there, it's a really special exception Mm because one of us is always at the show. But that's how big the company is. So when people realize, like, Kevin, why are you so busy? Just with CLM alone. Just with that company alone, I am fucking busy because every piece of business that runs through there has gone through me as well. Yeah. So, and that's, that's changed. So when I first joined, he didn't have all these things. He didn't have all these services. So what we combined and what we could do, he's like, I have a young kid who's willing to go execute the services now. I don't have to do it. So now I can do the marketing. I can do the back end. I can set everything up and teach him that game. So I know what it's like to go through an offer sheet. I know what it's like to set up a show from beginning to end. I know what it's like to set up a tour, like from beginning to end. I see every single piece of the process. That's been a blessing. You know what I mean? But now he has that young kid to go out there and do it for him. But that young kid is now suffering from mental issues for the first time in his life in years. I haven't had mental issues since I was 14. So going through all of that, and you can tell how scrambled my brain is just from me talking. Like, dude, it changes you. That's yeah. why during those times, the best piece of advice that anyone could give me, and Dizzy even told me, was this. He goes, you're you're a great leader, but you're also a great student. Yeah. He's like, find that balance and you will be in a bigger spot than this. Right. He's like, I have no doubt in my mind that you will be in a bigger spot than this. And that's right. the goal. He's uh, like, I, I want people no to grow too. and learn. Yeah, But I'm like, dude, to get to that next
0: step for me is going to be a mental fucking toll. For sure. Well, keep- and that's the thing too is like, I mean, not only are you, have you always been a beast and you just keep leveling up, but you... You're a good fucking dude. Like you're Thanks, a good dude. person, man. Like you, you show like always show love, always show respect. You got good morals. You got you know you you know it's just finding that balance and just being that well-rounded person. That that's all it is. But I mean, but you got this, bro. I mean, Thanks, like dude. if anybody has this, it's you, man. Like I mean, it doesn't feel that way sometimes, right? And yeah, I feel that we're, just, when just we're, in that, we're in that, when when we're in the thick of it, it doesn't, you know, it. No, and like
1: the relationship side of things too, like the things that you go through in your personal life affect and change who you are in the music business. Like, I feel like I have two different, three different personalities. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like, I'm Kevin at home. I'm Man Bun on tour. It's my tour name. And then I I come back to the scene of the local scene that I'm Kevlo. And like, those three different like personalities that like, I I give off to people who is genuinely me. It's just different sides of me. Um, it's just tough to go through personal shit. You know what I mean? Like, in, when you have one girl being like, Hey, I'm lesbian and now I can't be with you anymore randomly on tour. And then the second one goes, Oh, Hey, um, just to let you know, like, I'm, I need you here now. I thought I was wrong. I was wrong. I need you here all the time. And I'm like, well, I can't be. Yeah. So. You know, and then they they tell you you're a bad person. They both go, "Well, you're a shitty boyfriend, and you've done all these shitty things." And then people don't realize how like sensitive I am, like a sponge, like I absorb everything oh, you sure. tell me, and I remember I, yeah. it. I, I feel like I have the mind of an elephant. I'll remember what you tell me, where you tell me it, when you tell me it. Yep. So that shit fucks you up because I play it on replay, and then like you go through experiences like I. I was fucking with a girl in LA and like that fucked me up. It was my first LA girl. Like if anyone knows in this industry what an LA girl is, everyone that I've talked to so far like about it, they're like, oh yeah, dude, that's just an LA girl. Like you got LA'd. That's what they call it, right? You just, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I get it, but that still fucks you up too. Like the experiences you have within the industry that affect your personal life and then vice versa, when you have personal experiences that it it, it all just fucks you up. And so you're constantly dealing with this whole like self battle of like, am I a good person? Am I? Nope. Yep. like I'm in the industry, bro.
0: Like, uh, not. But this but, industry, no one's really a good person. I mean, yeah, there's some it, good people in it. That, that's a good point. But but at the same time, it's like you're not out here in. You know, there's there's a lot of people that are around that are like like have the intention to harm other people that have the intention to try to bring other people down yeah no you're you've never been that dude no never no i don't you're you're concerned with your own shit you're concerned with your own growth you're concerned with the growth of you know who you're working for you know like you're not a bad fucking person man like i mean you're you're just focused on what you know you want to focus on you know like yeah well
1: that's one thing that i've that's my advice to people in this industry is look at your own grass and fucking make sure it's green yeah make sure it's cut nice make sure that you have your path set and you know everything like that's the thing just make sure you're on your own path and don't look at other people's shit yeah like that's the biggest fucking issue i had when i was an artist mm-hmm. all i did was look at
0: other people's shit Dude, who cares? Yep. Like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah, that comes with my confidence. Shit, like, like I I would compare other people. Like, like oh, like like Kev's Kev's killing it at twenty six. I'm thirty seven. What am I doing? Like, I used to be like, no, I'm getting so much better with with not doing that. Like, like not like letting other people intimidate me or like think that they're doing better than me just because they're in a different place and they've done different things. It's all about like experience and and just. Staying on your own fucking shit, you know? I'm telling you, bro fuck fuck that and sorry for family who sees me
1: smoking yeah what up like oh, you can smoke all you want no, this, I, I, it's my fucking house <laughs> yeah. no i'm just dude it, my family don't even know i do that so oh, fuck word. i don't give a shit but um no what i was saying by that was fuck that shit bro like i'm a leo right so like i'm i'm very in tune with the astrological shit I'm my not, like,
0: mom was a leo my girlfriend's a leo so like you get it bro my like, uh sister-in-law's a leo like some of my favorite well, mostly women but like yeah my, some of my favorite people are fucking Leos, yeah i'm you telling know? you bro the, the
1: thing that Leo's got a Leo tattoo, yep. I got two of them. And the yep. reason being is because when I was a kid, I read up what a Leo was and I started getting into the astrological. I'm not like my Venus is this and my Mars is this. Right. I don't do that. But I believe in that shit I do actually. The way all of this shit's aligned, just to let y'all fucking know that shit's real, the energy is. Um, But the Leo energy that I give off is that confidence, is that pride. And honestly, yep. that has helped me get through this industry. When I tell people in the industry I'm a fucking Leo, they go, ah. like they literally know Wh- why When's I'm your birthday? Here. What day? August 7th. So, oh okay my I'm, girl my girl's August 5th. Oh really? Yeah.
0: That's nuts, yeah, dude. That's crazy. Uh,
1: no, I think that's nuts cuz my aunt's birthday is August 5th as well. Oh really? Yep. Yeah. Leo's yeah. man. Leo energy baby. Yep. But that that's like that helps you get through it. That helps you get through the barriers and like and just you meet personalities in, in the industry and I'll ask them like I'm just curious about what you your sign like it makes sense I actually can identify people easier that 100%, way
0: like, 100% Because with
1: so many different people different nights it's not like a question I constantly ask it's right. just like if I'm really trying to figure out who this person is and like nail them down so I can work with them better I'm like oh okay so if they're this way then this will actually help them a different approach in this way may help them
0: personality and, traits yeah
1: and dude that's a big problem as well when you're on the tour every night mm-hmm. and you're meeting a different promoter a different sound a different venue owner a different artists every night you got to learn how to talk to those people and not be an asshole and be genuine on not even taking care of yourself first type shit and then when you get through that experience of working with those people guess what now you got to go back on the bus and do the same thing be a chameleon bro and understand who you're talking to you know that my biggest thing i've always told gage is you never know who you're talking to i've had people let shows come up to me and be like who the fuck are you and like you know what i mean like you just don't know who i am i'm like well i happen to be the person running this shit You know what I mean? Like, so you better watch it, bro. Like, that's what I'm saying. You just never know who you're talking to. And you always got to keep that kind of attitude that'll help you grow. That'll help you be a better person overall and be more genuine. Because you're like, I'm giving you my genuine self, but maybe my approach is coming off too aggressive for you. Or maybe my approach isn't aggressive enough because now you're walking on me. You know what I mean? Like, you got to identify it, man. And being a good dude in this industry is tough. And, like, I I consider myself a good person as well, but, like, It's tough when you have a ton of people telling you you're not because you meet a lot of toxic people along the way like that you incorporate into your life because you think they're good for you. Yeah. And that's honestly like with the man that lived in this house, bro, that's being real. That's what happened. Like it was just like I got to cut out the toxic bullshit, man. Like I can't. Keep people in here, even if you've been here since the beginning. If you're going to be hating on me, if you're going to be negative, if you're going to try to tell me to do my shit differently, like, without asking for it, like, bro, like, I don't need that energy. I need people around me who are working on their own shit just like me. And mm-hmm. that's what Gage is doing, bro. He didn't even come over here to say what's up because I guarantee you he's in his room, edit, room editing footage fucking for his clients. Like, you got to keep your head down. Yep. Keep your fucking head down, dude. Don't yep. look elsewhere. Don't care about what that artist is doing. Don't care about how big they are. Don't care about how small they are. Care about what's in front of you. Yep. Care about what your connections are. How am I going to do this? How does my music or my goal or my path, how am I going to form that and build my team around me to people who I can trust? Yep. It may take forever, bro, but like fuck everything man like that's how i think about it fuck everything around me fuck what people say about me like you got to tune it out man like even when it comes to ex-girlfriends or if it comes to people you have you know fucking any kind of relationship with the industry at any point in time you got to like be like if they're talking negative dude fuck it and you may have to work with them again right (laughs) yeah you may have to work those people who may be talking shit about you who don't like me even though it may not be my fault I have to now work with them again and act 100%. like everything's good. It's not being fake. It's, I, I will tell those people, hey, man, like I heard you got some issues with me. Let's talk about it. I, yeah. literally, I will confront it. I will be like, you should. what's the issue? What's yeah. your issue with me? I don't have an issue with you. Oh, well, here's my issue with you. Okay, can that be fixed? Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's just the way you are that people don't like. But other times, most of the time, it's, they don't like one thing you did. You talk about it, you address it genuinely, and you move on. Yep. But if you don't, the music industry is small. It is small. Yeah, People wear, wear multiple hats for multiple people. It's not uncommon. Tory Lanez's tour manager that I met, bro, he wears so many other hats for other artists. Like, you know what I'm saying? When I met fucking um, NLE Chopper's tour manager, same thing. He wears multiple hats for the label that he's a part of. Like, dude, there's mo- the industry is fucking small. That's all I yep. got to say, bro. And there's many pockets of it that we're in. But in the independent game, everybody's worked with everybody at some point whether it be in passing, whether it be a not. So you got to make sure you keep your relationship solid and you got to make sure that you're not fake. They'll sniff it out and you got to make sure as well, you're taking care of yourself along the way.
0: Yep. It's tough. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think that you are like the kind of the, the, I don't I don't know the right word for it, but like anybody looking to get into the industry, like, listen to Kev's perspective, like Thanks, follow what this dude does because like, you you're one of those dudes that like, I mean, you're still hella young and you're you're fucking hungry. You've always right. just been concerned with like, how do I be better? How do I how do I do this? Like you you've just always stayed on your game, bro. Appreciate and it, and, man. and I and I understand that there's a lot of forces that like to take us off our game. And but yep. I don't think you need to question, you know, who you are and what you've done and like anything like that. Like, I mean, you've always shown me nothing but love, nothing but respect. Absolutely. You know, and like everybody that I've I've seen you come in contact with, it's been the same. Like yeah, 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 you talk shit here and there, but like you know, yeah. who doesn't? I mean, it's you know, it's yeah. just part of it.
1: Yeah, the, the, the talking know? shits just like to get it off your chest, though. Right. Like, it, I'm not kidding. Like, it, the talking shit on Kev's perspective is to like show people like it was be, in the beginning was to be like I'm going to show people what I've done and what I'm doing and show people my connections that I have. That was a lot of it because you look at my first twelve guests, they're big. They're all people that I've known, I've met through different parts of the industry. You know, a gamer from Minnesota, rocker. Yeah, you've had some big names, Mod man. Sun, Mod Sun. fucking charisma, uh, DJ Bonics, Bonics. I've yeah, had Side Real. Like you got to remember, I know, yeah, I've, side met, reel too, I've met yeah. all of these people, mm-hmm. and I want to have them back on to have these real conversations again. But like, yeah, man, it, the other side of it though that's cool. Like you talk your shit, you get it off your chest is to fucking look at your mental state the whole time. Make sure you watch yourself evolve in one fucking year. You will change as a person. My appearance has changed. My attitudes changed. My diets changed. The way I live my life has changed. Like my clients have changed. You have to fucking, when you adapt into different environments, it changes you and it forms you into a different person that when you originally started and it could be bad. That's why I'm saying slow down, Look at who you are, look at why you started, and look at what you want to do and how you want to do it. But keep yourself A1. You want to. You have to give yourself 100,000% to other people in this industry. The minute that's done, you give yourself that time. And it may cost you money. It may cost you time. But like, I really believe that even the most successful people in the world, bro, don't do that. They don't take a minute to look at themselves and be like, what am I doing for myself? Yep. R&R, self-care, self-reflection, all that shit. Like, make sure you do it. Some of the most, again, like I said, multimillionaires that I know don't do that shit still. And I'm like, and they've missed out on a part of their life. They've missed out on, like, sometimes their kids. They've missed out on, you know, maybe a marriage that could have flourished. Like, what I've sacrificed is nothing compared to people that I've met. You know what I mean? And so just be prepared for what sacrifice can do to you that is all i got to say it could be a negative tone but on a real if you want to talk about mental health shit yeah you just just you want to be in this shit be ready don't do those drugs don't do that shit like yep. i see artists right now in minnesota that i know that i know for a fact are going down the wrong path even though they're growing as an artist and their career they're going down the wrong path for themselves as people cuz outside of this industry you can't get caught up in that persona outside of it you're just a dude that's why a lot of artists get those like multimillionaire homes and then they're sitting there like i'm lonely depressed i'm gonna fucking like that's how a lot of them die or they fucking go down the wrong path because they are along the way they don't have time to be like who am i right that's and if you can do that if you do a balance both bro you're you can be successful and you can be happy imagine that like but that balance when you're doing what you want to do for your dream yeah like everyone's like
0: oh you have your dream job bro yeah yeah but what at what cost right yeah, see, uh, see I think my my thing is like I, you know, m- when my mom passed, uh, you know, I've I've spent nothing but self-reflection. And so I have the opposite thing where I'm trying to like okay, how do I step it, step it up and get back into this the flow of things? Like how do I get back into cuz yep. cuz I've done all the self-reflection you know like not all of it i mean i'm still working on it but um it's a process that i feel like is, isn't gonna go away it's never, but, ending. Um, it's never ending but i feel like i have done enough self-reflection so now it's it's time to figure out how i execute yep. you know and how i how i get myself to a better financial place how i get myself you know back in the the million the dollar question yeah yeah i mean I guess, that's the million dollar question bro yeah because i took myself out of the game for a long time and i was just kind of on this just like this weird like like, self-reflection path and just, like, I'm working on me, you know, especially during the whole, during the pandemic when my, my mom passed and I'm just like, now I'm just like, fuck it. I, I'm i dope and I haven't given myself, like, I haven't advocated for myself on the financial end, like, on, on a yeah. job, on a career type level and, you know, and on my beats and on this and that. Like, I, how do I fucking do that? Like, how do I get back? Well, that's you know? the thing
1: too about this is it can change, like, when you see artists change overnight, it could happen to any to anybody. You could work with One person, bro, whether that be just, hey, I'm gonna, I produced this beat, someone bought it from you, that record could go gold. You know what I mean? Like, I'm serious. And it sounds, sounds so cliche, but we see it all the time. I see it all the time. I see people that I've met, you know, in the beginning of the year, all of a sudden meet them again at the end of the year. And they're like, yo, I'm killing it. Like I have an artist I know named Young Sage, right? Beginning of the year, he's not even from here. I don't believe he's he's from the Midwest, from Wisconsin. And he was at the beginning of the year, just a nobody artist that I've worked with. To be real, he knows that too. He knows that he was just another local artist that was doing the same shit as everybody else. By the end, by the middle of the year, I saw him perform at my show with NLA Choppa, and I was like, dude, how did you afford to be an opener on this show? Because I'm the one who sold the slots. And he was like, bro, I got investors now. So in six months, he got an investor. And then another six months or three months later that I just saw him again, he almost signed a $3 million deal with Sony. Like, I'm te- I'm telling you, bro, like, you, you, and his music ain't popping like that. He just had the right connections. His music has the potential. And he has a character that people like. It's sellable. It's easily sellable. You know what I mean? That's a lot of, again, what this industry is, is how sellable are you? The value you're talking about as an artist, how sellable are you? Because you're a product. Like – I will tell artists all day, Hundred percent. you're a product, bro. 100%. And that's why I moved over to this side of the business yep. because when I realized I was just another product, I have no value. and Your value dwindles fast like any product on the shelf, right? Cookie Crisp on the shelf ain't the same as what it used to be. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like dead ass. It's stuff like that you have to remember that like you are just a rotating product cycle that if you know the product cycle in marketing, you're just following the same thing in, in music. But then the real, the, the thing is when your product isn't providing value anymore, guess what? i can do i can find another product yep what's that product gonna do what's that artist who spent their whole life gonna do Mm -hmm. that's the i'm dead ass so when you talk about like oh i'm trying to find a financial situation me too but that's the thing that grind also of you're never secure you never have someone who's reliable unless you get lucky and you're a part of a camp like one of the a-list celebrities now like the baby when i was working with him i saw his camp and those people are still with him today the dj the fucking security guard you know what i'm saying like those people that blew up with him after his little mishap before that, though, like Shug Time, they, they blew up with him. And if you can find an artist like that, that's a, that's a product that you can ride. That's a product that you can sell for a while, make money off of, make a living off of. But then once he's gone, where do you go from there?
0: You got to find the next thing. I'm yeah. serious.
1: So That's why I would hate when people ask me, like, oh, would you be an artist right now? Fuck no. no. Fuck no. no, be- just, no. If, it's not to scare people, but right. like... If you want to be a creative and make it your living off of it, for sure, but be prepared to only do it for a handful of years yep. before all of a sudden, even when you hit the tippy top, you're nothing now. Yep. like you, You've got to set up your business in the way where you get residuals the rest of your life. That's why when the product is sitting here saying, I may not have value anymore, but from the value I've provided, I've provided every outlet for me to collect as much as possible – That's where you get the really successful Russes. That's where you get those people. And that's why he's teaching people, how do I set myself up for success where even if I'm not popping for a couple months, it doesn't ruin my career. Yep, That's the industry. It moves so fast. So, like, as a tour manager, yes, I might be tour managing for Dizzy Wright. That might be amazing. But Dizzy knows, and I know, that, like... Um, you always stay open for opportunity. You put that person first. I'll put Dizzy first to the day I die. If someone says, "Hey, Kevin," like this actually happened to me. Hey, Kevin, I have an I have an offer for you, right? To, to uh, tour for DJ Paul of Three Six Mafia. So I was going to be DJ Paul's tour manager for a little bit this year right that was the plan
0: that would have been from three six mafia
1: yeah right someone obviously with more credentials than dizzy but the thing is dizzy had a tour at the same time and it mm. wasn't my choice like yeah. but i definitely told people oh sorry dude that's actually during Dizzy's tour and they were like and i'm like yeah i'm not doing it i'm dizzy's tour manager first if you catch me at a time where I'm not tour managing for Dizzy and we have loyalty, nothing going yeah. on, then but that's the thing, bro. If you don't yeah. have that loyalty, you won't have a fucking job because yeah. then you're kind of a snake. If I just left Dizzy, hey, I'm your new tour manager for one month and I'm going to go tour with DJ Paul.
0: Yeah. Snake shit. Yeah. Like you don't so do that's that. That's what makes you a good person, bro. That's why you shouldn't question that shit because like – a lot of people in the industry would fucking, oh, DJ Paul? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, yeah. Like, would. It was a real choice, like,
1: too. Like, that was the tough part. It was a yeah. real choice I had to make. Right. And, like, people may, like, Dizzy and Kato, Kato may be like, it was never really a choice. But when I got the phone call, you know, the from, from the management mm-hmm. of Paul, I'm like, yeah, I do. Cause I know his manager personally. He was the guy I worked with with Riff. You know what I mean? Like, and I know the guy. And he's a super good guy. And he's just been like always fielding me opportunity. But he knows and I know that like, he'll even tell me if I'm dumb. He'll be like, you know, you're dumb for not doing this. Or like, hey, you're smart for not doing this. Like, that's something as well that I'm very gracious for is the mentors that I have. Being yeah. able to identify when I make a decision, sometimes, sometimes not all the time, they'll rarely go like, oh, that was the right decision or that was the wrong decision. And here's why. Like, there, there was a time on the bus where, like, we were in New York, right? One of my biggest learning experiences ever. And this is where it taught me, like, this is what this the experience, the story I'm about to tell, is the experience that taught me, dude, like, how to not get personal with this business, to not be emotional. You know what I mean? We were in New York on tour, this last tour. It was, a, it was, it was a downtown New York, and we were on a tour bus. First off, imagine Manhattan, and imagine plopping a tour bus in the middle of it. I was responsible for the safety. I was responsible for everybody. So I had to get this tour bus pulled up to the front, unload all of our gear into a small space in a certain window of time. And then our bus had to leave and find parking and we had to walk a mile or two for it. And then Dizzy had to go somewhere else and be while we were doing load-in. He had to go to a studio session. And then after that, I had to get him there and make sure I was still there, like all this shit. But during that time frame, that show happened, load-out, which is when you leave, right? Bus had to pull back up in the front. So this is in the middle of Manhattan at night on a weekend.
0: that's fucking crazy so the bus
1: came back around we then loaded out our gear and then while I was there Dizzy was like oh I want to like you know go do something we're in fucking New York and I was like okay cool and our hotel was 45 minutes away Holy shit! So I said, someone's got to make a choice here. I was like, guys, we got to make a choice, and no one was listening to me. I had, I had this again, the manager of D- fucking three six, or DJ Paul's manager on, which I know him; he's a good guy, and he was on there. My boss Cato flew in for the date. I had Dizzy there, so I had all of my mentors and bosses in one space in the middle of New York, and on top of that, the the tour like package that I had to run, and then knowing our hotel reservation, knowing how far it is and how far it's going to take I need to get there. So like. I remember this day being hell. So after that, I was like, I lost it, bro. No one was listening to me. And I was like, okay, well, you guys need to figure out where the fuck you're going. And if you don't figure it out, I'm going to have this bus leave. And, bro, I just talked to Dizzy Wright like that. I just talked to <laughs> DJ Paul <laughs> Panther like that. I just talked to Kato like that. And, dude, I'm not fucking you. When Kato, I saw his face, he goes, like, dude, it was just fuck. like
0: a, just and like, I was glare. Like,
1: oh fuck like yes even in that position i was a tour manager so even though i had the authority even though i had the right i talked to them shitty because i was stressed out no one was listening to me and i knew what needed to get done it was out of a genuine place but it doesn't matter i i I was immature in that moment right and my age does show in this role sometimes being 26 like at the time i was 25 when that happened like bro right before my birthday like dude i'm telling you that like your age will show. You will learn everything about yourself. Then you'll be like, "Wow, really, I am twenty six, even though I don't feel like it." Right. M- my immaturity just showed. So anyway, I then I made it worse. And I like I slammed the door. Like subconsciously, I left and I slammed the door because I was I was making sure we're in the middle of traffic that no cops were coming. So on top of all of that, that's what happened. And later on, like. Dizzy like went off on me, fam. Because he desert, he was teaching me like, bro, that was immature. Even though we're stressed out, even though like this may be happening, you got to keep your fucking shit together. You're the leader. You're the only reason this ship is glued together.
0: Hundred percent. And I
1: was like fuck and the thing is I'm blessed to have Dizzy yeah, teach me I'm you, have blessed to have these yeah. people tell me when I'm right. fucking up because they're teaching me they're yep. taking time out of their day to teach
0: me this shit and now you can have that level of self-awareness that some people don't, don't get I mean mm-hmm. now you have these understandings of like where you're fucking up and you yep. can fucking tweak that for next time and, and to like, be better
1: be better. but that's the yep. thing too is that you gotta find those people like that when yep. you're on your path when you're starting you you don't find people like Dizzy That's a hard thing to say I'm saying that you find people with that mentality of like they want to teach you and yep. they want to help you because you cannot do this shit alone if yep. if an artist is saying like oh there's artists out there that have done it completely alone and don't need anybody yeah but look at their mental state when they get there like juice world for example he yeah. did everything on his own he was mad talented he got he blew up fast and kept the same people around him but he never like kicked out the people he needed to. He never looked at those people and said they're negatively influencing me no matter how close they are, no matter if they're your girl or not. And that's one thing that like, when I watched his documentary, that was a lot, that showed the real shit of the industry that I'm talking about. You see drugs, you're around it all the time. It's never ending. People will act like it's not a big deal. like Not just the drug side of it either, but then the relationships mixing with that and not having a good balance of both. Constantly living on a tour bus and being in a hotel room and in a rental car. Like This is the real shit. Even even when juice is that size, like the independent grind is really like that. Yep. So you know, I always tell people like to wrap this conversation, man. Like, just be weary if you're in this shit. Make sure that if this is if your podcast is aimed at mental health, then make sure you fucking keep a good balance because it'll fuck you up, man. It'll really just take a hold of you. You won't realize it, and then it'll start tearing you down. And it's not that I've done. Even not even doing the drugs or doing that shit. I don't do that shit. You know what I mean? I don't. I got back into smoking weed recently because it's helped me with coping with what I'm going through. I don't drink like that. I have a white claw or two at a show. Venues know me. Like, I don't do that stuff. But even without doing it, you can identify it and be like, damn, I could quickly sink in this shit, bro. Doesn't matter what ship you're on, doesn't matter how stable or how big it is, like fuck it, dude. You can fall quick. Yep. I've seen it, man. I have so many stories that I could relate to what I'm going through. And so the amount of experiences that you're trying to also absorb when you're alone, that's why I've been blessed to be home this fall, even though fall's busy time for CLM. When I got off tour in the beginning of September and I moved, and then I did a show and a show and a show, even having a week, I was like, whoa. Like, this is what I'm doing right now. Like, dude, in three days from today, like, I just got back two days ago from doing two shows with Skits Craven, an independent artist from Wisconsin. I'm now doing shows with Adam Calhoun. Like, Adam Calhoun's huge, bro. That's Jelly Roll. That's Upchurch. If you ever don't know the country rap
0: side of it. Yeah, I've I've never heard of Adam Calhoun, but I definitely know Jelly Roll and shit. He's huge.
1: He's huge. And I'm working with Adam, and I'm solo running those shows, right? That's also a big stressor because when you have when you do grow, there's bigger opportunities that you can't fuck up on. And then on the top of that, you're trying to balance yourself. And on top of that, you're trying to keep yourself right. You're trying to keep your life together. But enduring the way, no matter how big of the artists you get, sometimes you're not the one benefiting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm not the one making all the money. You know what I mean? Like it's all fucking perception, man. A lot of this industry's yeah. perception. If you're really in this, it's just a business that has a lot more media on it, more eyes on it than most. And you get to see the background more more often than not because we do stuff like this. Right. When you go to fucking Target, they don't do shit like this. No, fuck they don't no. do genuine ass yeah. shit like this. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this is where I'm saying op- artists and everyone have the opportunity to learn at any age. It's all right there, but you do have to sit there finding the right fucking pieces of information. Like people, mm-hmm. someone's got to find this podcast if they want to know anything about what I do or what tour management or show life is, because that's the space I live in. Like to be real too. I only work in the shows, bro. Like I don't work in the music, music industry. You work in a whole different side of the business. Mm -hmm. You're on the back end. You're in the studio. You know what I do in the studio, bro? I sit on my phone prepping for the next day. Yeah. When I'm in the studio with Dizzy and we're in like famous recording studios, I'll listen and see what's being made around me. But to be real, I'll sit there and plan out the next day. Therefore, when Dizzy comes out the studio and he asks me, what are we doing tomorrow? I got the answer. You know what I'm saying? But like with you, you're like, no, I'm in my pocket. I'm in my zone. You may be doing that with an artist for three hours, four hours, trying to catch a vibe. You know what I mean? Like it's a whole different part of the industry. industry, And then your product is the release, right? With the artist and getting splits right. And like that's the part that I'm now learning. And I'm like, dude, not just the show, the back end business is a whole different industry in my book. It's a whole different thing because that's where you get agreements in place. And then once you get that, now you need entertainment lawyers. Like, bro, I don't know, man. This is like fascinating. Yeah, dude. There's so many different pockets of it. It's not just one overall machine. For sure. It's multiple different ones working together yep. and multiple different levels of people working together. Yep. That's also why there's a lot of opportunity is because even when you're with a big artist, they may work with a lot of small people that helps them in their engine to get with the bigger artists, if that makes sense. Like I'm a small guy in this industry, but I've worked with these big artists, so they'll, they still encounter me. For example, Adam Calhoun, Dax, DaBaby, whatever, people that I've worked with, they still meet me along the way. And for a night or two or four, whatever, how many shows we have, I am now working with them in tandem on their level to make sure that their show goes well. It's not easy. Yeah. So there's a lot of different shit to this, bro. To wrap it all in, sorry. (laughs) The fucking music industry is a mental toll, but keep yourself in a positive mentality if possible. 100%. And work uh, and do things that also benefit you. No know one to stop working as
0: well. If you're me, if you're like me, no one to stop working too. Yep, hundred percent, dude. I fucking appreciate you, man. This is this is the third pod we've done together, and uh, it's the most hopefully. Real pod. There's it's the most real pod. It'll, I feel like a lot of fucking gems were, and I appreciate yeah. you getting vulnerable Absolutely. and sharing everything, man. And I. Like always, I I can't wait to see what the next one, you know, what the oh, yeah. next one like in you know six months to a year is gonna be because I'm sure it's gonna be completely <laughs> different. And but you keep growing and you keep fucking grinding, bro. Like Thanks, bro. I, I'm proud of you, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you, family, yeah, and man. thank you for coming too. No doubt, man. Thank, thank you, family. Fuck yeah.